They were high school sweethearts that got married and had a kid. It's the Brunigs. In the swamp of D.C. they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunigs. She is a journalist. He is a wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. They talk about the news or whatever they want. In the fight for justice, they're on your side. You can't deny it's the Brunigs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our low effort, low quality podcast. This is Liz Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Hi, everybody. This is the cozy edition, the holiday edition. We figure a lot of you are going to be traveling for Thanksgiving, and so we're giving you the cozy and warm edition. That's right. Uh, Higgy. It's Higgy. It's Higgy. That's what it is. Uh, and so we're going to start off with our uh, our hot topics. Yep. Hot sports topics. Sometimes sports related. How about that Speaker Pelosi stuff, Matt? You into throwing her out or what? What's your think on that? What are your thoughts? Oh, I don't know. I, I really don't care, frankly. I mean, maybe I should, but it's really not my level of engagement in politics. You know, like, I don't know why I'm supposed to know who the speaker should be. I'm just like a policy man. You know, I'm just an ideas man. Just an ideas man. I like um, Barbara Lee. Yeah, I'm, but I don't even know even how to make the decision. Like, what 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 am I selecting for here? Am yeah. I selecting for like it's just bizarre? Like in a normal electoral system, you know, you have like the head of parliament is also the head of government, and like that's sort of the stakes. Here, I'm like unclear what the stakes are. They have to like be willing to fight and negotiate for their party's interests, you know. I suppose. That's what everybody says I about mean, Pelosi is that she fights for her party. She's the head of the of the Congress. Like she's should be able to do what she wants, presumably. But then like that it doesn't even work quite like that either, where like the party's online, like you don't have confidence votes. It's very bizarre. The system is very bizarre. Also, apparently you don't have to be an elected member to be the house speaker so they could i could be the house speaker they could literally vote me house speaker have you started a campaign no but you know if you're listening to the podcast you know start tweeting about it get it going you know, get those hearts going brunig for speaker get those I, hearts brunig. going give me some bitmojis uh well i wouldn't wish that on anyone uh yeah i, I mean you know uh, pelosi obviously um she seems like a Democrat just kind of from a different era who's uh, sort of looking back on the sort of 90s uh, consensus building approach and hoping that maybe we can all pull together and crush welfare together. Um, and I don't think that's really what uh, necessarily Democrats want anymore, although it's certainly what a certain percentage of Democrats want. Yeah, I mean, it's well, to, to, to me, it's like, um, yeah, it's like achieving what like uh, so yeah, here's the question here's a question is it a symbol thing. is it a symbolic thing or is it like a you know like could we just hire a civil service professional to do it there's there's a, there's a morale okay. there's a morale if it's a symbolic it. thing then it makes sense and it's just like all right who's the best member of congress right now all right that's who i want to be you know based on my uh you know my own politics if it's like if there's some technical aspect to it that I don't really fully grasp, then I guess we need to like start putting out like civil service exams or something like that. I think there's like a certain amount of wheeling and dealing that goes on in terms of negotiating with other members of the house to get deals through. Well, every, and then everyone online acts like they understand the deals. I don't understand. I mean, it's the like deals. really. <laughs> yeah you know i was there i was like what no you weren't you were on twitter you just fucking read stuff in the new york times you have no idea what you know like wheeling and dealing is uh sort of uh famously uh, uh opaque can i just put <laughs> this know? out here i didn't even like deals because if you look at the foremost deal maker in the united states i don't like his politics trump that's trump he's the best deal maker in the he world knows the art he makes he does the art of the deal and I, the I don't deal. and i don't like the deals it's a good point. You really got him right there. 
you know? So, I mean, uh, I understand that deal making is important. You want good deal makers, but my approach is that I don't really like deals. So, you know, you're just kind of rejecting the whole framework. Yeah, I'm just I'm just pulling out of the framework altogether at this point. I like the people who are like, there's <laughs> like a huge framing uh, uh, thing going on online where it's like, you know, it's the conservatives who don't want Pelosi. So therefore, if you don't want her, you're conservative. And it's like, what? What? <laughs> like, well, I can dislike Pelosi for uh, different reasons than other people. Yeah, I mean, that, that argument doesn't work for me because I have found myself allied with much weirder bedfellows over the Which years. Than Republicans. It's, it's not <laughs> even an allyship in a formal sense because you're not doing it for the same reasons if you are i mean like i said i don't i'm not really on about this but like if i were i would just find that to be so bizarre and then also what are we doing like literally it doesn't matter where the twitter caucus winds up on this you know so why are we even having this game where people are being accused of being crypto conservatives for some weird messaging battle that's irrelevant it's like the only thing that matters is 435 people in congress who don't give a shit what twitter thinks and I, I made this point last night at the Mark Fisher event, and I think it's really important for the left. Um, don't let your enemies tell you who you ought to be. Do not let them tell you, this is what my enemy should be like, right? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You, you cannot take your cues on what you ought to believe by trying to form yourself in, in the negative of your enemy. Yeah. Right. And that's a big problem. I, I have a friend. It's a huge uh, problem. I have a friend who is talking to me about fascism. And, uh, and this person's semi-crazy, but whatever. And he said, uh, you know, the problem with fascism or one of the problems with fascism is they're exactly who liberals think their enemy ought to be. Fascists are still liberals because they decide what they're going to think and what they're going to be based on what liberals think their enemy ought to be. Liberals say, if you're going to oppose liberalism, that means you're a genocidal maniac, totalitarian, authoritarian, uh, racial... Uh, racial animus filled misogynistic nutcases who want to wreak havoc and scorch the land and fascists are like yeah okay that sounds right that's yeah, me they play into it a lot of people do that they lean in because part of the joy is triggering the enemy well in that case yeah and the enemy gets to tell you what they're triggered by and you just pour yourself right into that mold right the problem is everyone's going to come up with the enemy that flatters them the most and puts them in the best possible position right so like my enemy should be someone who is completely unreasonable who's totally mean and destructive etc etc that's how people are going to think and so if you take your cues on what you ought to do say or think from the people you oppose you're inherently disempowering yourself right and the left should keep this in mind because messages come at the left all the time about what we ought to be right you see this with aoc very frequently Oh, if you're on the left, you shouldn't have an iPhone. You shouldn't have a nice <laughs> coat, right? You shouldn't look good. Uh, but also, uh, you you know, <clears throat> you shouldn't be, uh, if you're a real leftist, if you're a real anti-establishment, why are you engaging in the establishment of politics? Yeah, I mean, we that's shit like so that all obviously the time. bad faith. I think it's... But I think it really can fuck with people if they let it. And they feel sometimes, like... Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, if I look professional, am I selling out the left? It's like, look however you want, man. Don't take your cues from these people. Don't let them well, tell yeah. you what a leftist looks like or thinks like or talks like or sounds like or acts like. Yeah, I mean, just in general, yeah. Be yourself, you know, kids. Uh, well, that's... I mean, I think that's a kind of reductive... Okay. Uh... But people run into this in a lot of, it's not even let your enemy define you. There are a lot of people who are like constantly involved in a social game of trying to figure out like, you know, like both enemies and friends and like a complex social terrain to determine like, oh, here's what I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is not a new insight, obviously, but it, it can be very magnified on Twitter and magnified among people who are especially involved in like career politics or whatever, either yeah. because they're politicians or because they're sort of in the orbit. They're constantly trying to figure out like, oh, th- this person is seen as bad. They have a negative thing. And so if they're bad and they say this, then I got to be not this. And yeah. uh, this person is seen as good. And this person said this. And so I have to actually kind of make an argument that this is good even though typically i wouldn't say that and 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 like they contort themselves in increasingly bizarre like untenable ways and i see this a lot yeah in the pundit world in this you know 
amateur pundit world and it's uh, and it's really bizarre and uh, it seems uncomfortable like i wouldn't want to do that like right or wrong i just kind of shoot you shoot you straight and then i don't have to worry about navigating complicated social terrain you know yeah well and i i think that it's just a good thing especially for young leftists who are coming in the movement to keep in mind that there are going to be all kinds of people who are telling you what you have to do to be a left, to look like a leftist, to think like a leftist or talk like a leftist. Um, and really, you know, it's up to you and the people you trust and your community and the people you organize with to make sense of what that all actually means. But don't take it from from bad faith assholes who are trying to tell you what they want their enemy to be. That's ridiculous. Speaking of the Mark Fisher event, the Mark Fisher event was last night. Who's Mark Fisher? Mark Fisher was an excellent uh, British author. Uh, and blogger. He was extremely prolific. He was a leftist and he was a critic and he wrote on everything pretty much. Uh, theory, he wrote on politics, he wrote on organizing, uh, but a huge uh, percentage of his writing was devoted to film criticism, literature criticism, music criticism, uh, all through a socialist lens. So very imaginative guy, seemed just like a super great and caring dude, very open about who sort of struggles with mental illness and how capitalism exacerbates um, those kinds of problems. Um, and unfortunately, um, very, very tragically, took his life in 2017. Um, so now uh, uh, his uh, collected works and some of his unpublished works uh, have been released in a compilation called K-Punk, which was his, his screen name. Um, and it's really great. And I spoke at the release. And uh, if you know of my medium.com account, everything the post won't publish, uh, you can go on there and see the, my remarks. Um, but I definitely encourage everybody to read uh, Mark Fisher. He was, he was great. I'm glad you had a good event. I've not Thank actually you. read anything he's written. So well, it's a little bit outside your wheelhouse, I think. Everyone says it's good. <coughs> so I trust them on that. It is good. And even if you don't like the culture criticism, um, there's like capitalist realism was Mark Fisher and that's very theoretical. Very good. How about that AOC tweet from the feet guy? I didn't know he was a feet guy. Oh yeah. What's he, his name? Scary. He, he is scary. He, he seems like, um, that, that seems like a stage name. <laughs> He's like that's like something <laughs> who would do like high school theater might rename themselves like, you know, and they like go into like Rocky Horror or something. <laughs> He's like, I think scary is the first name. He's like scary Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his name. Yeah. Scary, sexy Rick. Um, he posted some other separate picture a while ago and goes, look at this bunion on an otherwise cute girl's feet. And it was just a picture. It was a creep shot of a random lady sitting in a restaurant. Woo, dude, no. <laughs> I don't know if he's trolling or if he's just out of his mind. He's trolling already. He's trolling on WikiFeet all day, pulling up those feet. It's an interesting troll if that's where he's headed. But I guess I would suspect he's not trolling. No, I think he's, he's just, just a, deranged. He's just deranged. <laughs> yeah. And so someone sent him a picture, he says, of AOC wearing a coat uh, in, uh, I guess, a Senate or a House building. Just the most nondescript. Just a black coat, guys. Walking through the hall, unaccompanied, <laughs> carrying just, bags. Yeah, hair in a bun, carrying <laughs> some bags. <laughs> it's a very strange picture. like From behind. Yes. Not her face. This is just her, her silhouette uh, from behind. So just another level of creep. And then you, you, if he's telling the truth, some creep took that picture and sent it to him. And then he was like, got to get this out to the public. Well, it wasn't that the other person told him to share it. I actually don't know what the pretense was. Maybe it was just like, no, look, I, think, I got to pick AOC. Isn't yeah. that cool? The other person's like, look, it's AOC and Scary's like, like... I could see you doing that and sharing it privately. With your friends. Maybe they'd yeah. be like, oh, I met a famous person. That I get that. Or even if you saw a jerk, like if I was walking through town and saw Paul Ryan, I'd probably snap a pic and send it to you. But Well, yeah, he's famous. That's what I mean. I wouldn't tweet it out and be like, uh... Let's get some uh, fashion police on this get up. Anyway, that's what he did. And he felt like her coat was, uh, well, the, the, the phrasing of the tweet was perhaps even creepier than the content on a certain level. It was like, this coat and something don't look like a girl who struggles. Right. And then uh, he, w he was severely ratioed. I couldn't even tell how you would know how expensive the coat was. It well, just yeah, seemed like a normal know. coat. Yeah. Like there was no, you know, it didn't have like a Nike swoosh on it. 
Is that how you know it's expensive? Yeah. Is it has the Nike swoosh? You know? It wasn't. Or, or like one of those Gucci G's or whatever. I, I think maybe you're missing the mark a little you bit know? on whether something's classy or, or not. Or one of those LVs. Okay. Well, it, it wasn't like visibly Burberry or something where it's like, oh, wow, that thing was probably $2,000. It was like a black coat. Right. It fit her well. But then lady, later he, he put out like a non-apology tweet where he was like, I just meant she looks like she doesn't struggle to be hot, basically, which was somehow even worse. No, he said struggle for money. That's the, He goes, this doesn't look like a girl who struggles. Oh, okay. And then later he said, oh, well, okay. I wasn't talking about poverty. I was talking about struggles and, you know, to be a, to be a, a snack. Well, what would that have to do with what she's wearing? Maybe he was commenting on her shape. I don't know. Okay. All right. It, the whole thing is a labyrinth of derangement. Yeah. I mean, that's not better. That's worse, actually. It's actually worse. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> let me put this out there. There's going to be a lot of weird, horny commentary about AOC. There already has been, and I think it's just the beginning. I really feel bad for her. Yeah, that picture was really depressing and thinking in an empathetic way where you're just like, wow, imagine people are just... Just everywhere you go, imagine sitting in a restaurant and then, okay, what creep's going to take pictures of my feet? Right. Or like if I'm, you know, getting out of a car, is someone going to try to grab an upskirt? I mean, like Oof. there's just going to be a lot of creepy happenings, I Oof. feel. Yeah. 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 It's, because it's people struggling with their, with their you know, with their haunt. Yeah, I suppose so. She's a very beautiful person. And I mean, that's secondary to the fact she's an excellent, uh, you know, uh, member of the movement. Um, and I, but I think that a lot of people are going to have real trouble dealing with their feelings. Uh, and that's going <laughs> to manifest in very disturbing ways. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I trust your judgment on this sort of thing. So, And there's nothing she can do about it. I mean, even if you dressed up like Sia and went around with your whole face covered or something and just like a giant lab coat type thing, it wouldn't stop it. It would just attract a different kind of bizarre attention because people know there's yeah. a girl under there. Well, it's also, she's unique among members of Congress. Like, it, that makes it even worse. Like, there's this whole core of idiots in D.C. whose job it is to cover all this stuff all the time and be in the corridors all the time. And she's the only one who's like 26 years old yeah. and whatnot. It's like, it would be different if you were, uh, you know, in a, in entertainment or something where it's like, well, yeah, that the whole thing skews young and all that kind of stuff here. It's like, you're, you know, you are, you're a, a, a total standout from everything else around and you're just going to attract every bit of attention because of it. It's really rough. It's really rough. And uh, yeah, I mean, can you even imagine what these like hottest on the hill I don't think they publish those anymore, no. thankfully. I remember there were a few years where they absolutely did. I'm not even making that. They up. had one that was hottest interns on the hill once. I think they got rid of that one really quickly. But that that one was really that was really quite beyond the pale, I would say. Um, at least the uh, I don't know. <laughs> these people <laughs> are not even being paid. But then again, you know. That the hottest on the hill, those people agree to participate in it. Yeah. Which is like, in some ways, it's like, all right, I guess that's fine. I mean, in many ways, this is a good indicator of who's like a bad person because, you know, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? God, can you imagine if she tries to like date or see anyone in D.C., how god awful that's going to be with the well, press? Well, some of the reporting, it says she has a partner so okay all right i mean see i don't make it my beeswax to pry into that kind of well, stuff i did i just no no i know i know stuff about oh remember because there was that other tweet where they were like she's actually rich she has a fifteen thousand dollar bank account or whatever yeah that's so much money um, <laughs> and in that one they mentioned that she was living with her partner um but of course that figure is i don't know a little bit not not, not too shocking i suppose like her net worth is clearly way below the national average yeah. well godspeed aoc and i'm sorry about everything that's about to happen now that you're in this hell town of dc one of our uh friends on twitter friend of the show though i don't remember his name once characterized dc as piss town oh sam knight and sam, sam knight. knight sk1 uh you know some people say exasperatedly with a hint of adoration this town 
This town. It was a book called This Town yeah. that was, you know, like intrigue and whatnot. And he corrected it to Piss Town. Yeah. <laughs> which is absolutely accurate. Okay, uh, moving on, uh, the USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops meeting, uh, was this week. Uh, I would not characterize it as a straight-up disaster. It's more that you could have just not done it and uh, you would have been okay. Um, they basically got together to vote on some action items uh, regarding the sex abuse crisis. And at the last minute, for a number of reasons uh, that are a little bit suspect, in my view, um, the Vatican stepped in to say, no, 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 you, you can't vote. You can, uh, you can talk about it, but you can't vote. Um, so, I mean, usual political bullshit going on inside the Vatican. Other countries' bishops have been able to vote on stuff like this, uh, but I guess not the United States. God only knows. Uh, they're going to go to a meeting in General Assembly in Rome in February, and maybe they'll do something there. Um, overall, um, just a dispiriting, uh, I think the most positive read is that it was totally bungled um, and that the and that there's just no one who even really cares enough to try to assure the faithful. Uh, and then uh, and then the, the negative read is uh, something else altogether. Um, so there's a little update there for our listeners who are following that. Uh, failing something, and you never want to jinx these things. I'll have some reporting out next week that might be of interest. Uh, we have an ad. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, you're very choosy and I think you should just go for it yeah it's more of a length thing I'm not very good at reading is the other thing what you're illiterate um, reading out loud you mean yeah you, you didn't always write your cases down now that I think about it I don't yeah let's see alright I'll just do this one hit it this episode brought to you by cars cars are fast and sleek machines that will take you wherever you want to go but cars would like to remind you that people waste the potential of cars. Most of the day they sit idle, clogging major arteries or languishing in parking garages. Cars wish to be liberated from this drudgery and to be shared equally among everyone who needs them. Do not waste the potential of cars. Thank you. I like cars, personally. Uh, they're a hassle. They're a hassle in the city. You know, Jane calls our car your car. She calls it Matt's car. Yes, because I'm the only one who drives. It's weird that she associates driving it with ownership. Well, I don't know if she means I own it necessarily. It's the car that Matt drives. Well, just like you might call the train that, you know. It's not the conductor's train. It's our train. But you would, you know, if you were working there, you might say, oh, yeah, that's Bob's train. You know yeah. what I mean? I see. I see where you're going. You got any thoughts on Amazon? I think Amazon's great personally. I love Jeff Bezos and I think he's a wonderful man. I hope he keeps paying me. Uh, Please. You know, I ordered a laundry hamper. Oh, God. $17. Endless laundry hamper battle. Eh, it's not endless, but, you know, they say today it's not going to come till November 26. You know, let me down a little bit. Faith has been broken. This is this. This is the crisis for you. Like I'm kind it's of. It's all right though. I don't need it in yeah. a in a speedy way. In that in that sense. Have um, you not been waiting on a laundry hamper that fits your specifications for over a year now? Well, so here's the problem, right? I'm not really one for 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 buying stuff myself, and I'm. Uh, so what I try to do is I try to, you know, when people insist on buying presents, I try to just fill in the stuff that I need, but don't want to buy. I know that, you know, and, but the problem is that people don't ever buy you what you ask them to buy you. Um, like they always, maybe this is just an older person thing, but like, uh, it's been the case with my mom and been the case with other, other older folks in our orbit. They like you tell them, Oh, I'd like this. And then they go get you something that's sort of like it, but like not really. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, this is weird. And so they're I've like kind of like crappy search engines. Like, did you mean this? It's right. Like, no, well, I didn't. You actually. send them an exact. Here's the link to Amazon. You just got to click buy and send it to me. Um, or you could send me an Amazon gift card and I'll buy it myself. Like there are a lot of ways to get this done. But one of them shouldn't be. I'm going to go search for an adjacent product in this same category. That is not what you asked for. Um but what I'm looking for out of a laundry hamper is basically a laundry hamper that you can put these bags in that are like liners, these like mesh laundry bags. 
because then it sort of functions like a trash can system where you fill up your bag. Once it's filled up, you, you draw the drawstring, you pull it out, and then you can fill in another bag. And you can kind of, you know, get five or six of those bags and you'll never run out of space for laundry, uh, you know. Right now, hampers are like the ones we have are, are like sort of single use. Like once the container is filled up, that's that. You can't do anything from that point. Then you're stuck and then the laundry, you know, starts spilling over and it's a mess. Um, and so I've requested this thing, which it seems rather simple, you know, literally less than $20. Why don't you just uh, buy it? I have bought it now. A year it, later. Yeah, it's... Uh, 18 months after I started my effort to get someone to buy it for me, um, I've gone ahead and given in. And, you know, so that's where we are. But I have had people purchase like $70 laundry baskets and laundry <laughs> materials uh, at, because I requested this thing. Yeah, I and, know. And then I'm like, well, but I don't, I don't, you don't understand the thing is I want a multi-use thing where I can fill in liners and this, this is not that, even though it's more expensive, it doesn't, it's not functional in the way I need it to be. Um, so, you know, it's just, that's my struggle in many ways. That's your, that's your multi-volume book on your struggle. That's a struggle of my life in a very deep way. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, we were going to talk about the, uh, the midterm postmortems, which have come out over the past week or so. Yeah. Yeah. The midterms were now what, ten days ago? Jeez, it feels like a long like it time was like ago. Several months ago. But we've been swimming in postmortems trying to explain what the hell happened and why. Yeah, let me um, Yeah. <clears throat> uh yeah, so one of them the one that I that I really get a kick out of is the one where I get to tweet about how bad white women are. <laughs> Because, like, normally I can't do that, but there's, like, a little period after the election where I can just kind of be like, white women suck, I hate them. That was, that was one of the big takeaways. Like, no kidding. I know. Uh, and, 60% you know. of white women in Texas voted for Cruz. 75%, I believe, voted for Kemp in Georgia. 75, that seems high. It was very high, I remember that. Um, but that's correct, I believe, yeah. 75% of white women cast their ballots for Republican Brian Kemp in Georgia's gubernatorial election right. last well, week. Well, and also, I mean, nationally, <laughs> I think it was like, whatever it was, 55, I'm 45 always, I'm or always whatever. just tickled, I guess, by the, the like, <gasps> how could this happen? Like, takes after this happens every time, because growing up in Texas, the big hair, fake nail, white lady who's like, got some like inspirational I love Jesus stuff on the wall but it's also like I love Cruz she, he's gonna fix his state I want everybody on death row killed by running a big conveyor belt right into a wood chipper and Ted's gonna do that for me like that is a that is a <laughs> common person that's a that's a very common person well I mean what's going on here is basically there, the there's a an entire theory, an entire I guess you would call it a sort of identitarian or demographic theory of how people are and how people behave that uh, is been generated mostly through uh, internet discussions, yeah. separate from any effort to like dip or sample reality at any point. Yeah, and then elections like confront you with the fact that this that this whole edifice that almost I would say the majority of liberal media operates off of is just completely wrong. Yeah. And like that, that edifice roughly speaking is something like, well, women and people of color are this way because they, uh, you know, because of oppression and so on, they believe this and that and they have very unified beliefs. It's all, it's all the phrase itself. Women and people of color is yeah. used constantly as if that's like a group, like a coherent group that shares opinions and stuff. And it may well be a group um, that shares interests right right so you could say it is objectively the case though even then i think you would struggle but like you could do it that way yeah but the problem is that no 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 the the whole edifice is based on the idea that these individuals subjectively experience things and subjectively have certain opinions yeah and that you're confronted with the fact that that's not true like what the election data shows over and over and over and over again is that basically race plus class, that's going to kind of tell you where it's at. Like, because, you know, like women as a category are much more identified with and socially integrated with 
their racial and class group. Right. The people that they're hanging out with on a day to day basis. Like there is no place where women of different classes hang out. That does not exist. There are places where you will see women of different races hang out who are of the same class, like professional mixers and so on. Uh, But even then it's, you know, it's usually skewed one way or another. Um, And like that's, that's just sort of fundamentally the problem, like with the analysis is that no, in fact, women will generally be just like men who are otherwise the same as them. Plus maybe five or six democratic points. Like you can go into any category. It's the same thing with like black men and black women. It's like, well, black women are like their votes look just like black men. Plus, you know, five dim points. Yeah. Uh, You know, for white women, it's the same thing, you know, plus five points or plus six points. And you like, you can break it down in any demo and like switching to women is just makes you, the same man plus yeah. a few points. Um, but like th- people are confronted with this, but they can, which on its face, you would look at it and be like, Oh, my whole theory of how identity and, and politics formation works is wrong. It's just incorrect. Right. It's not necessarily um, that you uh, have certain fundamental experiences growing up that shape you uh, necessarily into a progressive or a conservative or rather, if that is true, you're severely limiting the experiences that count. Yes. Or, yeah, or you, you experience uh, things that aren't just like, well, my, my, uh, this and that identity. It's yeah. like, well, this and that, who I hang out with, what my parents were like, these kinds of things, which right, are not, exactly. um, they're sort of intellectual experiences, if you will. They, yeah. they, they tickle the brain as opposed to like tickle the physical, whatever, like, you know. I, I was also, I read an article. Uh, about this, uh, you know, like what the hell is wrong with white women conflagration after the midterms? And uh, and the author was asking, how do these white women explain away the discrimination they experience when people tell them they cannot do things because they're women or so forth? And I have to say, in the South, my experience of that was a lot of women kind of like that differentiation. Uh, like, you know, well, the boys do this and the girls do this and I like being a girl, being taken care of. Yeah. And like, it's, well, you yeah. know, it's, I mean, the, I think it's they... the fact that not everyone is experiencing the same thing the same way. Well, right. Whether There's you think something is good or bad right. might differ. I think you will find, you know, at least they will, you know, when it's like, well, what about unequal pay and that sort of thing? Then you'll find pretty much even conservative women are like, yeah, that's That's bad. not fair. But it's different from, yeah. from from other kind of roles that may not have a direct material impact that might just be like, well, I, I, I do more of the cooking and he does more of well, the so mowing. Well, so you remember like the, like the, the or case of putting a girl on the boys football team? You're uh-huh. going to get a lot of moms in Texas who say like, I don't like that. I don't want that. We had one at our school. I think it's bad. Right. And it was like a point of contention. That's what caused me to remember it is people were oh, like, was it? yeah, well, I mean, not that you knew anyone. Yeah, I didn't know. That or or ever thing. spoke to anyone. But like, a lot of the football moms didn't like it. Okay. They were like, I think that's bad. I think it's bad for the boys. I think the girl's going to get hurt. And I think that's really nasty and ugly. And she should just do a girl's sport, you know, like volleyball or whatever. If she wants to be athletic and I don't see the point in all this mixing things up. So that's like one experience that hits a lot of people a lot of different ways based on how they're already shaped. That's true. You know, and so people are complex in that way. And I, and I don't think that gets taken into it. Yeah, or they, they just have their individuals with opinions, Yeah, you know, and their opinions can go one way or another. Um, yeah. I mean, but the but pay, like yeah. the takes basically are like uh, uh, proceed by going premise one, everything I thought about politics and so on continues to be true. Yeah. Um, I So here's my really bizarre, complex theory for why this thing, which is completely inconsistent with it, happens over and over and over again. And it's, you know, it's really bizarre. It's like, well, at some point, maybe you should just reevaluate your underlying premise instead of having to make increasingly deranged arguments for why this is consistent with your theory. And it's not the most insane reevaluation either. It would be as easy as saying, well, identity is a piece of it. Yeah, it would be as easy as basically being intersectional. Right. Like like really intersectional as in the way that it was identity. normally meant, yeah. not in this sort of bizarre internet way, but actually be like, well, I don't know, people have lots of identities. 
Right. You're a woman, but you're also white. You're also upper class. You're also Southern. You're yeah. also Christian. You know, so some people put more weight on some identities than others. Some people, yeah. whether they are a given identity or not, they have different opinions and so on. Um, you know, or, or yeah, or, 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 or just going deeper than race and class or yeah. gender going into all sorts of other things. Right. I mean, like, like the th that, that, that's one of the great sort of hilarities of this blow up that occurs at the end of each election that is just hysterical to me every time yeah. is you have a group of white women on sort of lib Twitter and in the liberal media sphere who probably know no one among them. They, d they probably don't know a single person who votes Republican. Not a single one of their white female friends who votes Republican. Not a single one of any of their male friends or friends of any other identity that votes Republican. They exist in a rather insular liberal group. Let's let's right? test this on ourselves. Do we know anyone who votes Republican in our friend group? Uh, no, I don't know anybody. Let's see. I mean, even your friends from high school that you stuck with, like Colton, if he's still on the grid. I don't know. I don't, I'm not connected with him. I'm huh. connected with one person from high school, and I no, there's no way. I mean, he wasn't a Republican even then. He was like a oh. Nader guy. Rai Rai? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, but we're not using last names. Don't worry. There's no confidentiality issue. Um, But like... But what I mean to say, I guess, to round it out, is it's like, you know, a very easy identity switch here would just to be like, you know what? There's a group of people which we might think of as urban-dwelling, highly educated, professional white women, and then another group of people we might think of as Southern church going women with a high school degree. And those two people are not the same identity. Like literally they're right. different species in, in a sense. Right? right. And like that would be the normal way. And you'd go, wow, this one group votes 90% Democrat. This one group votes 90% uh, Republican. Different and, voting species. Right. And just, just view them as different groups and be like, yeah. but instead they are mushed together. Literally, I think in part because just like exit polls are limited and like, don't, yeah. you know, like they just ask people a handful of questions. And so you have people on Twitter who have no organic connection to the human beings that are actually voting for Republicans being like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, like apologizing for it and stuff. And it's like, neither you personally did it, nor anyone you know in your group, nor anyone that you have any kind of organic social relationship to are the ones that are doing this. And yet you're sitting here and apologizing for it. It is honest to God. It's like a loony bin. It's like a mental asylum on Twitter, just watching this unfold. Every well, election. Twitter is an open air mental asylum. Well, so yeah, it's, but it's, it's like, <laughs> that's all it is. It's just crazy. And like, no one pushes back to that's the other weird thing. I mean, I've had a few people occasionally who will DM me and be like, God, this is the dumbest shit ever. But no one seems like confident enough to publicly well, be like, are I, you guys I, stupid? Are you guys just morons? I got into a discussion the other day where, um, some uh, a female writer from Texas had said, "Look, uh, if you're in Texas, you know if that's where you live, you're you gotta have a fiddler in the band. Well, that's if you want to play in, te oh. in Texas. Um, but uh, she said, you know, if it's where you live, even if you're a leftist, the likelihood that you know right wingers is just way higher than if you're like an urban dwelling woman of the same status on a coast." in a state that's predominantly blue and people got really mad at her. Right. And we're like, no, well, but even then I'm not even sure. I mean, it's a different, you know, it's, it's a different claim, but like the people who are in Dallas, professional women in Dallas, they don't, they're probably quite similar to professional yeah, but your women. your family and so on. Yes, family is a different thing because you don't, that's a totally different world. And so I was thinking about it and, and people got really mad at her and were like, no, no, every East Coast person is friends with and personally acquainted with a Trump voter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm, I doubt that. Um, but uh, I started thinking, and this is why I brought it up, you know, testing it in our case. Like, do we even have in our friend group as a pair of urban dwelling educated whites a conservative you know and i can answer this a lot of the catholics that i know just strictly from like church and stuff are right wing uh and then my parents mm -hmm. and that's about it but my catholicity is kind of an aberration for someone of my class and right and educational status and so most people i guess probably wouldn't have that
But I mean, both my aunts, uncles, well, my mom and dad, an age thing as well. Right-wingers. There are not very many young conservatives, just yeah. statistically speaking. You know, I mean, they all live in Navy Yard in D.C. Apparently, like yeah, like the waterfront, all, like two hundred of them. Um, <laughs> but one of the other things to go back to the white woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are people. Who, uh, well, well, so we had a couple of threads that I think are worth talking about. Yeah. You think so? I don't know. Or do you think we're going too much on this? I think no. it's really funny. I think it's funny. Okay. So one thread is you have this flavor person who's like, they're clearly bothered by the fact that, you know, white women are being called out and they are white women. Yeah. But instead of being like, you guys are morons, right? Like yeah. they're, yeah, they're Republican white women. And like those people are bad quote yeah. unquote or they make I bad, disagree with them they make bad voting decisions in my opinion and then there are are uh, non-republican white women and those people make good voting decisions and so you know it is what it is why are you guys lumping all these people together um you know instead of doing that <laughs> they try to find some other way within the logic of the system to like exculpate themselves yeah. so here's a tweet 82% of LGBT people voting dim in the 2018 midterms. That's how many voted dim, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So the straight white women trashing white women as a whole on Twitter to score cool points can keep your non-intersectional bullshit and men can sit all the way fucking down. So there you go. She's not a white woman. She's an LGBT white woman. I like so. the... Uh I have to say that all the permutations of sit down really tickle me. People will say sit all the way down. It's like, well, I assume that's what you mean when you say sit down. Well, what is the premise of this tweet? So uh, can I, can I, if I just put cis in front of white women, can I just continue to carry on my tweet about how white women are just horrible enablers of, of fascism? Like, is that, is that now a permissible thing to do? Uh, it's kind of a mind-bending tweet honestly well yeah i mean she just she's just basically like don't include me i feel uncomfortable you guys are talking about me so i'm gonna say you're not um because i'm gonna define myself out of white women by by clarifying more um which i mean like on some levels is the correct move but it's like well at some point why don't you just recognize that there's such a thing as Democrat voting white women and Republican. Yeah, I mean, that's like, all this is so mind bending. It's like when you say white women don't because you're including me and I didn't vote that way. It's like, I mean, I agree. That's a stupid way to do it. I just talk about conservatives and liberals. Well, yeah, with that, you just stop there. You just <laughs> yeah. stop there. You go, don't talk about white women. Some did, some didn't. Right. Don't I'll talk about black. Some did, some didn't. Like even her example, she goes 82% of LGBT people. Well, that means 18% did vote for Republicans. So 18% of <laughs> LGBT people are like shit lords. Well, on maybe, this they, reading. maybe they just abstain. And, and you know, like five, 10% of black people are shit lords on this reading. Like yeah. that's the one of the weird things. That's one of the really I mean, it's weird like, things. Yeah. It's like in our minds, well, our minds so crave a binary, which is kind of uh, uh, amusing in this particular instance that like literally we're trying to figure out do white women support Trump or do white women support Democrats? Do LGBT support Trump? Do LGBT support Democrats? It's like one or the other. But like the brilliance, the brilliance to me as a sort of math uh, obsessive about percentages. You can say autist on the podcast. The the, uh, the, the brilliance of percentages is it's not zero and one. It's zero, one, two, three, four, all the way to 100. You have 100 options. And of course, you can subdivide into any more. So it's like, you it, it, you can't say do white you you can only say well sixty percent do forty percent don't you can talk about majorities do. minorities yeah but yeah. like all they do is they go well did it take fifty one percent so like so like literally in theory you could have a situation where it's fifty percent plus one women white women voted for Republicans and therefore all the takes are their shirt lords if one of yeah. those votes flips now they're they're good again they're good again and it's like this is you guys are this is crazy what are we doing is crazy i mean i think a lot of what you're actually seeing in the in the media context is like white women writers kind of trying to hold this as a referendum on whether they're good or not yeah it's like well yeah are white women good? trying to distance by right but 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 instead of just explicitly distancing by being like i didn't do that this is dumb they by calling it out you right. perform that uh well i'm not like those guys i even acknowledge right i've even called them out uh-huh. and, and it's like 
you know, I think that you should look at it as a referendum on whether white women are bad or not. You should look at it as a referendum on conservatism, right? Like conservatism is bad. I have a big problem with it. I wish people wouldn't vote that way. Um, and there's going to be all kinds of people who do vote that way. And I wish that all of them would not vote that way. Uh, and I, I find it kind of bizarre to, to, to pick the one group because of some presuppositions you have about how they ought to be and hold them up to mm-hmm. special censure. Right. right. And, and math fuck ups as well. It's well, like a, com- it's a combination. It's like yeah. a perfect storm of idiocy. <laughs> you both misinterpret what a percentage is. Percentage doesn't tell you whether a group yeah. supports. It tells you what percent of the group supports. Right. And you, and then you fuck up like your premise of how uh, you know identity forms opinions and and then there's the weird like corrupt you optimist pessimist thing that the corruption of the best is the worst of all, you know like white women how could you you were the chosen ones <laughs> I believed true. in you <laughs> it's like that's no true. well then maybe don't get that way about particular groups recognizing there's a huge amount of ideological diversity in them and a huge uh, diversity right. of material well, interests. Well, and here's the other thing, and maybe this would actually drive it home, and I don't know if, we, you know, maybe we're belaboring it too much, but part of the problem, part of the reasons why, th- here's a little theory I have about why this keeps happening or why people don't see it as obviously as they would, and that is because if you look at, for instance, the, the black exit poll, it'll be like 90% Democrat. And people are like, yeah, there you go. Like, because the exit polls only show blue and red. They don't indicate the heterogeneity within the group, right? Like of the black people who are voting for Democrats, we know a significant percentage of them hold somewhat conservative views on this or that, whether it's gender or immigration or whatnot. We have more detailed surveys that show that. But because for a very specific racialized reason in America, they all nonetheless sort under Democrats, we can pretend for a while like, they're all liberals. That there's a uniform. All, yeah. And then be like, why isn't yeah. the white woman line like the black line? And it's like, well, maybe you should actually ask the reverse. Yeah. Why isn't the black line like the white woman line? It probably would be if it weren't for this really unique special case of America. America having been insanely right? racist. Like, there are a lot of <laughs> yeah. conservative black people who are anti-welfare who like especially have social uh conservative social social conservative for sure i mean they're very you know very religious group again these are people who are religious in a lot of cases concentrated in the south and it's like so this is another mistake that is just you just because you just the graphic is just destroying your brain because you're unable to understand the heterogeneity that is in involved in all these people and if you had that and maybe if we had a multi-party system if we had like five or six i think that would fix a lot wouldn't it because then you'd just be like well shit i don't know 30% 30% of blacks vote for this party, 20% for this, for women. And like all the groups then become so fractured across all the parties that you then have to talk about like the ideological Well, there's all, I think all of this is part of the weird effort to sort progressivism into, like you said, the women and people of color party and then say like, and then on the other side of that, there's men, all the men. Right. And, well, implicitly white men, I and, suppose. Or, you know, the white men make up conservatism uh, and it's like, no, there are a lot of white male Democrats. Usually the people making this claim are married to them. Yes. And, and are in <laughs> friend groups with them. Yeah, like, you right? know, these guys, you know, they exist. Yes. I mean, um, so again, you know, percentages makes a, makes for a more elegant and I think a fair way of talking about it. Um, and it would probably be less alienating to a lot of people. Yeah. Or just talk about, yeah, I mean. I always know. feel really bad when I tweet something. Uh, and a guy will reply like, men fucking suck. <laughs> I'll be like, dude, take it easy on yourself. You know, some men fucking suck and some don't. <laughs> yeah, people of all stripes suck. Yeah, I've seen suck in places you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I've seen so much suck <laughs> scattered on the horizon. I've seen suck glittering in the dark out of Tannhauser Gate. Um, but, I, you know, you... You know, you don't you don't have to be so hard on yourself. You know, if you're ideologically in the right and you're doing what you can, then I I don't think you suck. Who gives a shit? You know, but again, it's just two different ways of looking at politics. And I I worry this conversation is going to get unfortunately sorted into a binary like oh, so identity doesn't mean anything and it doesn't impact anything, and that's the unfortunate aspect of of binary thinking. But no, it's it's that it's it's peace. Yes, it's very complicated. It's very I complicated, suppose. and and it, and it bears further scrutiny than it receives at the moment. Yeah, and you should trust the idea that people can have opinions. Yeah, people are individuals with beliefs, and that regions differ, all sorts religions. Of that that ideology is real. Ideology is real, people right? And and it matters. And ideas have are consequences. Persuaded by things, you know. But 
Anyways, what else we got? We got the Higgy section. This is the cozy section. Yeah. Holidays um, coming up, Thanksgiving. Folks, I'm pregnant again. Yes. Number two. Uh, number two. Unless multiples. Oh, God, no. I, I Could yeah. be octo, mom. Oh, no, no. I don't think that, that happens in nature. Maybe. I don't think humans usually have a litter unless unless there's some kind of technology involved. Maybe twins or triplets. I don't know. I don't know. I'd forgotten what it felt like to be pregnant. It feels very weird. Yeah, it feels good. You have no idea. Oh, all right. Uh, you know, you get a little headaches, a little, a lot of fatigue, uh, nausea. You know. Uh, I've talked to Jane about it. I've told her we're having a baby. She doesn't seem to care. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the proof's in the pudding. I think. I don't know what that means you in know? this context. Uh, but yeah, she doesn't seem really pumped about it. I've heard from a lot of people who have had toddlers when they had their newest child and they say that the toddlers kind of freak out a little bit so i am a little concerned about that well we'll see you know i mean she's going to be off in preschool so during the day they'll be separated and then they'll only you know be hanging out in the evenings for a few hours (laughs) so family family what can you say about family you know at the end of the day in this world you can say family is family like Casey Musgraves you can support the family act or you can support Matt's family fun pack yeah I have my own paid leave proposal that I've put together today Uh, it's better than the family act you're going to love it when it comes out what was it like for you being present when I gave birth to Jane oh you know it was fine oh great I'm glad it was fine for you you know, I remember when I was having Jane right as she was crowning, as they say in the industry. Mm-hmm. My mother. That means the head's coming out. Yeah, that's what it means. My mother literally, and the head's the biggest part of a baby. They're like aliens. Yeah, well, widest, I guess. They have wiggly little tiny bodies and then these huge heads. And so like as I'm trying to deliver this baby, my mother literally runs into the room at like at a run. And is like, E, E, as my parents call me. She has a full head of hair. And I was like, Mom, I'm going to need you to shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah, it was to, annoying. to give birth. <laughs> like, this is the busiest I've ever been. <laughs> like, I really need to concentrate. And you didn't say a word. You didn't well, say you know, jack I didn't shit. Want the doctors were coordinating. I didn't want to disrupt them. That's another thing is I gave birth at a teaching hospital. They yeah. were they Oh, is that is it not normal to have eight people in there? <laughs> no, they were like uh so you can give birth at this hospital or that hospital, but this one's a teaching hospital where they teach new doctors yeah, and residents it's very efficient. uh you know how these things work. And I was like, Yeah, sure, I you know, I don't mind being a guinea pig. That sounds cool. House, that was a teaching hospital, you know. Yeah, more hands. More hands. I'm like, shit, maybe, you know, if something goes sideways, one of these kids will have a zany idea that works. You never know. Yeah. You know, you got to put your hope in the youth in a lot of cases. So I was like, yeah, shit, yeah, sign me up. I'll have them give birth in a teaching hospital. So what this effectively meant on the ground is when it came time to give birth, there were like eight people in there. It didn't even occur to me that that was abnormal. It was weird. There was like a nurse and then there was a doctor and then there were a bunch of other mini doctors. Yeah, they put the the afterbirth in a tub and then I saw the one guy kind of poke at it. Yeah, he asked me if he could keep it. And I was like, I think I'm done with it. Yeah all yours man i'm going to plant it with a tree he no i don't think he was going to do something spiritual with it no i that's what i told him i was gonna oh, do no any bullshit and then this will be jane's tree that's really bizarre no he 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 took it he, the afterbirth uh came out and he grabbed it and he messed with it for a minute and then i saw him wipe his hands on his gown <laughs> his latex gloves and there was just this huge smear of blood and he was like oh can i keep this i was like ah yeah, I don't. I don't have any plans for it. I assume there's some policy at the hospital uh, you should consult with, sir. Yeah, um, I'm like shit, man, and you know, ask your boss. I guess. I mean, yeah. are you going to take it home, or you you mean keep it here for research You're purposes? Put it in a in a jar. I mean, frankly, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care what he did with it. Yeah, if he's fine. still got it now, I hope he's enjoying what it. What if he eBays it? And go for it. I hope he. I hope he eBayed it under Afterbirth Wapo Rider. Yeah, no, yeah, it's famous, famous, famous placentas, famous Wapo Rider. 
I wonder how much we it should could sell fit. this one. Nine. There can be um, a Patreon benefit. Oh wow, no, yeah. I don't know about that. I think to all the subscribers. I, no, no, I I think that there's some kind of Catholic canon law against selling body parts. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Well, is I mean it's it's not really a, it's sort of, it's more like urine or something. You know, it's gone. It's out of the body and it's not coming back. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's still an organ. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's not like it's a different thing from extracting it to sell. We're not selling the placenta or in uh, in any other way delivering the placenta to the Patreon subscribers. It's always a price. No. It's always a price. No, it's not. (laughs) That's really odd. Uh, Otherwise, it 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 was good. The, the birth giving. I hope this one's as good, you know, easy. They say it's easier your second time around. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, practice makes perfect. I guess. I've already kind of started to show. I think it's because the muscles muscle in that, memory. that region are already completely it's wrecked. Like my jump shot, you know, you just do enough jump shots and just kind of comes to you. What's a jump shot? You know, in basketball. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember Thanksgivings at your home. Uh, the year, you know, one of the years I was there, I, we had delicious Cracker Barrel catering. Yes. That your sister brought because she was working at Cracker Barrel. Well, Cracker Barrel has like a Thanksgiving thing, you know, yeah. it's like Boston Market or whatever. Yeah, but she got a deal, right? It's actually, I don't think a deal was gotten, but it's, it is a good deal. I mean, you know, like the food is better than normal Thanksgiving food. Well, what isn't? And, and. Sometimes your mom did uh, frozen frozen pizza, I believe. You know. You know, it just depends on how many people are there and whatnot. I mean, you know, big meals and stuff, kind of overrated. We always had my whole family over for Thanksgiving. And like if um, some part of the Thanksgiving dinner was not perfectly executed uh, to my dad's specifications, he would have a big meltdown. Well, that's funny. Like one year, my mom tried to cook stuffing in a way that she hadn't before with some kind of new gadget she had, and it was like slightly watery, and that like ruined the holiday. I was like, "Yo, what happened if you took out Cracker Barrel?" I yeah, I was like, "This isn't even good when it's that you know when it's good." You know what I mean? Like it's fine, I guess. It's just like eggy and salty. I mean, I like eggs and salt, but I was like, you know, I doesn't make that big of a difference this textural change it's you know it's not the end of the world to me but uh and then you, you get your plate together at my house it was like you got your green bean casserole your macaroni and cheese some kind of uh horrible sweet potato abomination the sweet potato thing would be like mashed sweet potato mixed with shredded coconut with some kind of brown sugar and pecans baked on top it's disgusting. Everything about Thanksgiving is disgusting. It's and you could just see awful. the butter floating in the dish. Well, that's a separate issue, I guess. I mean, but you would just take this like ladle and just slap it on your plate and it would just be like uh, oozing. It's, it's you it know, rough. it's like 1970s cookbook. Yes, like, it is. Yes, it, it is. is. the Yeah, this is the, the vestigial aftermath of... Of, of the those cookbooks age, of yeah. the of the like broccoli jello mold or whatever like yeah. but it's still around somehow because it gets repeated in a you yeah, know in like a traditional way. way but everything else has moved on because it's able to evolve more rapidly and people eat every day and they they yeah. put less you know like uh they're less traditional about you know their day-to-day meals but this one is you know like the hell there's only been 40 meals since or 50 <laughs> meals since the 70s like we've only had 50 chances to actually <laughs> move the ball on this and, and 50 chances is not enough to move it very far some people like do the like you know they've they've, they've cottoned on to this and like you can see on on the cool cooking shows or like when the young cooking celebrities do their thanksgiving they like do basically something completely different like it's no longer a whole roast turkey sitting on a bunch of stuffing it's like oh you know we did charred green beans with feta or something. I need to do something. Yeah, no, I, I, mean, I think it will evolve. It's just, it's going to evolve slowly it's because evolve it, iter- slowly. it iterates less. It only iterates once a year as opposed to normal dinners, which iterate yeah. 200, 300 times a year. So we're still in the zone of the 70s dinner party in a lot of ways. Yeah, or we're as far away from... Where it's like a mayonnaise-stuffed bell pepper. We're as far away from it as they were in 1981 or whatever because that's how many days we've had of you know thanksgiving since then yeah wow wow that's deep uh we're going to connecticut this year 
to be with some friends for Thanksgiving. Uh, and also to celebrate Matt's 30th birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. The week of Thanksgiving. Is it my birthday? You knew that. You knew that. Matt's 30th birthday is the week of Thanksgiving. Yet here I am buying my own laundry hamper. I know. How I've far have up. you really come? I've given up on that one. I think that's what th- turning 30 is all about, is just giving up on the idea <laughs> that anyone else is ever going to deliver for you in any significant way. <laughs> yep. You know, you just got to bite that bullet. Use some of that Patreon money, I guess. That's what it's for, you know, and the production quality. We'll keep you posted on guests. Yeah, no, uh, we have a song now. I mean, I we assume do. if you've made it an hour, you've heard the song already, but, uh, but we have not heard it i guess there it comes afterwards in the production process so yeah yeah we haven't heard it tacked on to the final yeah. um we we who did you what is the guy's name who does that uh i'll tell you next time i know who it is but i haven't checked with him if he wants me to use his name okay we'll credit the song maker thank you song maker um everybody have a great thanksgiving safe travels uh lots of patience and zen it's a tough time of year to travel i know that um i hope it goes well for everybody And uh, I hope you have a happy holiday. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.